This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Saints for a touchdown! Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown! Taysom Hill! Taysom TD! Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! We are Inside Black and Gold preseason football edition in the book. Saints getting a 26-24 victory over the Chiefs in the uh, Caesar Superdome. Uh, Jeff and I have been going at it since early this morning, talking black and gold and continuing on in tonight. That's why this is also a special edition of Inside Black and Gold, the Bourbon Cast. Cheers, everyone. I don't technically have bourbon. I didn't have any bourbon, but it's a brown liquor. So there you go. Um, but yeah, we're going to get through it. But no, you know, you, you mentioned that before we came on that it was a fun game. I would disagree. It was a very fun <laughs> start to the game. It was a very fun finish to the game. Everything in the middle, meh. But that's what the preseason is. So all you can ask for is a is an entertaining finish to the game. And by gosh, did we get one? I still can't wrap my head around why the Chiefs threw the ball in any way on that last that interception by Kyle Phillips. And there's a trivia trivia mark there. Fun fact. So it, you know, this was one of my first games on the sidelines. It's the first time that I've gotten a walk off interview on the sidelines. And they typically only do the interviews with us if they win. You know, you, it's it's kind of awkward to try to interview a post-game player after a loss because they're just angry. So typically we only get them if they win. So when the game goes like that and it's all of a sudden, it's like, well, who do you want? Because it's like, you know, the last two minutes, all of a sudden it changes. And initially we were like, oh, how about Jake Hayner? You know, it'd be a good interview. And so we were all getting ready to pull Jake Hayner to the side and talk to him. And then Jake Hayner just disappears. <laughs> and he was like, well, he has to be there. We've been watching. He didn't walk by us, but he's just gone in this mass of people. So we we grabbed Kyle Phillips and talked to him. And then we looked over and like Jake Hayner's like kneeling down. He's this tiny person. Um, <laughs> between Jake Hayner and Blake Groupie, you have the smallest pair of game-winning uh, Saints players that we probably ever have. Blake Groupie getting stopped by security because they I think he's a fan wandering around on the field. But yeah, that, that was entertaining for sure. Yeah, we kind of joked about it in the post-game show, too, when we saw that tweet go out about Groupie. And it was like, well, yeah, the security guard thought he was like a 20-year-old kid. He didn't even belong. Like, what are you doing here? He is like a 20-year-old kid. They probably thought he was like a 15-year-old nephew of some of like the Derek Garr or something like that. 
Yeah, uh, didn't didn't have credentials uh, to prove that he was a player, and then like it was something. Well, leaving the game, going out the player exit. Yeah, he's gonna have to start carrying his idea around with him. I mean, he was wearing a he was wearing a uniform, <laughs> so they must have thought he was just a kid who showed up in full uniform. <laughs> anyway, so. We're going to be going through this. We're going to hit the three up, three down. Is something I posted. If you want to follow along, it's on WWL.com. Just to go through who I thought stood out, who I thought fell flat, and we're going to kind of get Steve's takes alongside that. And then obviously that final segment, we're going to go into the mailbag. But yeah, so the the first player that I thought stood out, and I, I put this out on Twitter and I asked some people's suggestions. But to me, you know, if I'm trying to figure out that first team offense, which looked fantastic, right? It's it feels like it happened th- three weeks ago at this point because we've seen so much happen that does not involve this group of people. But that first team offense, 12 plays, 80 yards, didn't miss a beat. The only time you kind of got behind the chains, there was a false start and there was some awkwardness. Derek Carr took that on himself. But third and eight, who do he look to? Jawan Johnson, 11 yards. He just caught it, turned up field. And I think he had two catches on that drive. 29 yards total. Alvin Kamara had 21 yards receiving, 16 yards rushing. But Jawan, I feel like he's a guy that we have take for granted because he's been here several seasons already. But I think he is primed for a breakout. When you just see how confident he looks, he, you would assume that he and Derek Carr have been playing together their entire careers. And it just seems like that connection is already at such a high level I don't know what the connection is going to be with Mike Thomas. He did catch a pass today. He's having trouble separating. I just don't know how effective he's going to be down the field. But I just think Juwan Johnson, he he has a chance to have a huge year in the Saints offense. The Cajun Cannon turns to me in the game and he goes, oh, Steve, did you do your fantasy football draft yet? I'm like, no, why? He's like, I'd be adding Juwan Johnson to that Mm -hmm. list. And you know what? Last season, I don't know. It was like, hey, is this Juwan's ceiling? It was a, a pretty good season he put together. But it seems like there could be even more there, which is really interesting. And, yeah, definitely anxious to see more of Juwan in this connection. He he seems to have built up with Derek Carr already. And, man, I don't know. Derek Carr's had a magical connection in the past with past tight ends like a Darren Waller, even Foster Morrow, who's raved about him. So, yeah, maybe there's even bigger and brighter things ahead. I thought, yeah, that first drive was so awesome. Uh, just seeing them be able to move down the, the the field methodically and then boom, putting the touchdown on the board. It was such a huge relief. Something, you know, last season we went through these games. How many times do you remember the team going downfield and actually putting up, forget even just a touchdown, points in general? Right. Well, you know, I do I do want to say we we should pump the brakes slightly because last preseason, you know, we saw the Jameis Winston offense go out there and dominate the Chargers. Now one thing to note about that preseason drive, it was the Chargers' second team against the Saints' first team, whereas this was the Chiefs starting their starters. They started the starters on offense and on defense. And, you know, I don't think we saw Pacheco. I think that might be the only Chiefs player that right. we didn't see that that you would expect. But, you know, I thought that the offense just looked really crisp today. And I did wonder going in, we, we talked about uh, – well, we, I don't know if we talked about this on the pod, but the Friday practice – you know, one thing that happened was Derek Carr threw a long touchdown to Chris Olave, and then he came off the field and he was yelling something along the lines of, oh, it's weird what happens when they don't know the script, right? And he was kind of hinting that the defense was getting tipped off on what this, the offense was running. And, you know, I don't think he was going to go out and say it, but <laughs> to me, that's him kind of saying like, 
you know, one of the reasons that I've that I haven't looked as good as I know I can be in this offense is because the defense is kind of cheating. And to his credit, he pointed out it was like it makes it more difficult. It makes me better. But I, I think that's one of the reasons we haven't been seeing him dominate the defense because they know what to expect. And you saw what happened when they, they didn't know what to expect when they weren't able to just read the mail, as he put it. So, yeah, but just to close off that number on Juwan, you know, you point out like what's the ceiling for him and 42 catches, 508 yards. Like he had a really good season, but that, those numbers are not exactly jumping off the page. Seven touchdowns is a big number. Right. But I think you can you could see like easily something in like the 60, 65 catch mark, 700 something yards in, and then seven touchdowns in that range. I, I think he's going to have a big year. He's going to be a very big part of this offense. So I, I think that's a good point, Bane. A thing I still laugh about, too, and I know you can go way back to our early podcast before drafting free agency and everything. And it was like, oh, woe is me. What's going to happen at the tight end position? And now uh, I've said it before, obviously, with Jimmy Graham in the mix, Foster Murrow uh, and, and Taysom Hill rounding out that foursome, I guess you could say, with Juwan. That's a hell of a group. <laughs> oh, I agree. You know, so let, let's move on to another guy. So all of my stock up players are offensive players. And that's really not fair because I thought the defense had a really good day. I thought Brian yeah. Brzee looked really good. I thought, you know, Peyton Turner had a really solid showing against the second team offensive line, which is what I was hoping for. Marshawn Lattimore looked great. I think we saw, we got a pretty good indicator of Paulson Adebo being ahead in the CB2 race. And the biggest thing I will note is that the first team defense got on the field for two drives. The first team offense only got on the field for one drive. And so if the Saints were dedicated to making sure that that was an even split between Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor, they could have put Alante out there across from Marshawn for that second drive. There was nothing stopping them from doing that other than themselves. And I think to me, that's a pretty clear indicator that Paulson does have the inside track there. Something I, I love too, you talking about the first team defense Man, they, they did have to face Patrick Mahomes, obviously, and yeah. coming out and being able to do the the force the turnover on downs, that's huge that's, yeah, right there for me. There. I, I, I love that. It was like that sent that message right away, and then, bam, they slam another touchdown. So, it, that yeah, the beginning of the game was a ton of fun. What's a more Andy Reid thing than a trick play on his first drive of the preseason? Uh, did, not, did not work. Also, Pat Mahomes' uh, cheat meal was Mexican food, in case you wanted to – Try to shoehorn your way into that relationship, but shoot, uh, shoot, okay. my, it you, seems like every day is a Mexican meal for me. So I'm I'm cheating every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that second touchdown, and that's my next stock up player, a guy who I've been hard on. Right? Yeah. At, you know, you you talk to people and they want to pull their punches, and they don't want to use the word struggle. They don't want to use their you know they they want to you know not not undermine a guy, and I get it. But At Perry has struggled. If you ask anybody who has watched Saints practices, he has struggled. And I don't know how well he's picking things up in meetings. I All I know is what I'm watching, and I've seen him struggle with his hands. I've seen him drop passes. I've seen him not be crisp on routes. I've seen him get out physical. But today, I saw a completely different player. And, and this is what I was hoping for with AT is that, you know, sometimes some guys are just gamers. Some guys, <laughs> you know, when those lights get bright, they just lock in. And I think that's what you saw today, and it's really really encouraging because that touchdown pass from Jameis, that was the exact pass that I have been waiting to see him catch. Just go high, high point a ball. You're a giant. Go high point a ball. Go get it. You know, when he, he scared me a little bit when he do it for the end zone and lost it. 
And I still think he's got to work on his hands. Um, but just the 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 attention to detail, the the effort, the ability to get open. He caught six passes for 70 yards. That led six the team six. by far. Yes, six catches on six targets. Exactly. And uh, this was, you know, I, t- I talked to Jameis about this, and this is just a good example of like, no one wants to use the word struggles, but, you know, this is what Jameis had to say uh, on the subject. Jameis, what did you see on that touchdown pass to Jake A.T. Perry? I just saw one-on-one, and uh, I tried to put him in a good spot, and he went up there and made a heck of a, cra- uh, heck of a grab. And is that, you know, he's a guy who I think has had his struggles throughout camp. Is it just kind of a confidence-building moment for him? Well, no, I, I don't know about him having str- struggles during camp. I just know that he's a young player. Uh, he loves football. So uh, it was a, a great moment for him to show his capabilities, and he did just that. What are some of the things that stand out about his game right now as well? I just think he's a, he's a, a, he's a big tar- target. He has a great release game. Uh, he has strong hands. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. See, I don't, I don't know about the hands. But no, you know, I, that's one card. of the things you mentioned. Yeah, during practice, kind of like you know, you're writing your notes down, and you, like you said, we seen a drop or whatever happened where he didn't come up with the grab, and you kind of like mumble to the person next to you, "Oh, I thought this was supposed to be the contested catch guy," and yeah, <laughs> he's not even making the easy catch kind of grab. But yeah, the the lights come on. I don't know. And At showed up today, which was yeah, awesome to see because of those struggles that we witnessed in practice. It was like. Okay, great. The, the, like you said, the lights are on, and it's now time to shine. I love it. I think he also is is a very suited player for Jameis too. Like, I, I think that that combination actually makes a lot of sense. Like, if I had to comp him to somebody, and this is an unfair comp because he's nowhere in the stratosphere of a Mike Evans, but just from the from a wingspan perspective, from the way you want him to play. I think that's probably who you would show him tape of, right? Like if you're like, okay, AT, this is the type of game. This is what I want you to work on is the stuff Mike Evans does. And we've seen Jameis have a lot of success with Mike Evans. That's the type of pass you would put up there for Mike Evans and say, okay, big guy, go get it. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's kind of an interesting pairing. And I don't think it's a surprise that the second they got on the field together, it was a, you know, it, it was a big play, but I think that's just, you know, you, you can talk all day long about the expectations and what you want to see from a rookie. I just think confidence is everything at this stage. And if he needed a springboard for that, and I think he got it today. Yeah. In the post game show, I got to give out a game ball to somebody and I did give it to AT Perry because the touchdown grab what was it six for six for 70 yards. yards. Yeah. 70 yep. yards. And the TD, I was like, that's a perfect day. Like you said, a huge confidence builder for a guy we've been pretty down on and uh, wait for him to show up. Got to love it. No doubt. And so my next stock up player is actually to twofer because I couldn't decide between them. One is going to be Blake Groupie because, you know, I, I don't even know if it's really fair to say stock up. I just wanted to give him credit because, you know, we can pretend that a 31 yard kick with no nothing on the line doesn't mean anything. That was a big kick for him. And I, I, I was talking to Tyler, our spotter, during the game, and I said, I feel bad for Blake Groupie because he has been out here warming up the entire second half. Like, Will Lutz got the first half for the field goals. The second half was was Blake Groupie's half to kick, and you could tell because of the way he was moving around. He was getting ready. He was hyped, and he would could not stop moving. But then they just the, – the offense just stopped. 
they, they, they didn't get any kicks. And even when they went down and tied it, or for that touchdown at the end, they for they did not kick the point after because you playing for overtime in the preseason should be you know criminally illegal, Bam. right? Like you yeah. should be charged with a crime if you try to send a game to overtime in the preseason. And so they didn't, which is the right the right call. And we can get into the the, the ill fated two point conversion in the second segment here. But you know Blake. Ended up getting his kick in the most unlikely way possible with that interception we talked about. And it was a 31-yard kick. His first kick in the NFL was a do or die, make this kick or we lose moment. And you have seen people whiff. Just go look at John Carney. <laughs> it's like it's it's that was closer. <laughs> you know, it's not for nothing. And that stadium was actually pretty loud for a preseason game. If you don't think there's pressure on that kick, you're kidding yourself. So I give him a lot of credit. I think that was a big moment for him. I don't think it's going to make him any rosters, but you know, I think that is that is a big moment for any kicker. I mean, that's you you walked off, right? Walk him off, like you said. And who's the who's the other one that shares the honor with him? Ellis Merriweather, a guy I'll who be running back. I don't even know anyone could have named. Uh, you know, I, I've had, I've known him for a little while, and he's he's a UMass guy. You know, he didn't win a lot of games in college, right? Like he's just excited to be part of a win. <laughs> um, and wanted I picked him even before this quote occurred to me, and I'm going to play this quote on this podcast because we cannot play it over the air without bleeping it. And it, but it's it's but it's not the anywhere near the kind of content that you're expecting and it's not you hear alvin camaro and he's cursing constantly that's not what this is but it's way funnier and he's kind of talking about jake hayner and in that final drive which he was a huge part of that last play for the touchdown was drawn up for him for this udfa running back who was a he was a camp tryout he was a rookie mini camp tryout and he made the team and you know, he ran hard today, and, and and he has an opportunity now because Kendra Miller went down with an injury. Who knows how long it's going to keep him out? It's a sprained knee, the same knee he dealt with an injury at, at TCU, so that's something to be concerned about. But, you know, he suddenly got an opportunity, and I think he took advantage of it today. But <laughs> here, uh, here is that, uh, that Ellis quote. Man, Jake is cool as a cucumber. I've been working with him since the summer, since rookie minicamp, uh, when we went back home on break, we were FaceTiming each other every day, going over plays, going over the installs. And I mean, he, he that's a dude I ride for because he understands his job. Even though we got down, you know, he threw a pick, his demeanor didn't change. It was, hey, got to drop, you know, drop your nuts and let's go and, and, and win the game. So um, defense did a great job stopping them boys. And then they gave us one more opportunity to go out there. And I mean, this is what you play for. You know, I was at UMass, didn't get too many opportunities to be in a ball game, you know. So just this being the first game too, like first introduction to NFL football, it's like, yeah, like I can, I can get down with this. And I just want to keep growing and developing because I know it's still some things that I can work on and we'll watch the film in a couple of days. And yeah. Print the shirt. <laughs> you guys going to say, print them up. Let's go. Get them ready. He, he, he started saying it. He was like, I probably can't say this on TV. And then he was like, you know what? I'm just going for it. What do I have to lose? Uh, anyway, I thought that was very funny because like, I, I, I heard Doug Mouton. He was like, good line. We can't use it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought that was just that moment was big for both those guys. Yeah, definitely. You know, game winning field goal uh, and what we saw in crunch time with Merriweather, especially too, it's like all of a sudden the pressure in the world's on you knowing what's, what's coming ahead for him 
with the uncertainty in the guy like Kendry Miller. I, I don't know how serious obvious it is. We're hoping that it's it's not bad. But yeah, when you're saying it's the same, you know, the same knee he already had an issue with, that's it's a little concerning after a torn ACL. Well, and Kirk Merritt didn't play. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Alvin Kamara is going to be out the first three games of the season. So Jamal Williams. Right, Jamal Williams, and who else right now? It's Ellis Merrickweather. And I don't know, maybe they do end up bringing in Kareem Hunt. Still hasn't signed anywhere. Maybe there's someone else on the heap they can bring in. But right now, he's he's the guy. And they're going to go out to L.A. and they're going to do these practices. <laughs> I don't know who's going to – I mean, I don't think you're going to see Kendra Miller back for these practices. Uh, so, I mean, he's going to get all the work he can. But before before we wrap up, there I did have one honorable mention, and I, there were so many players on offense that I wanted to get to that I had to, <laughs> I technically picked five. Um, but the other one's Keith Kirkwood, uh, a guy that we have seen throughout <laughs> camp, confident as anybody. You talk to him, I mean, he's just so confident. You can set, you can sense it; it's there. And one of the reasons he's confident is because he has a connection with Derek Carr. That you know, you look back at players that. Drew Brees had connections with that were more valuable on the Saints than they would be on any other team for the sole reason that that he could read Drew Brees' mind. He knew what he was going to do. I think a guy like Lance Moore stands out. Like I don't know if Lance Moore has the career he does if he is not just in sync with Drew Brees to a level that most people couldn't even imagine, right? And I I kind of feel like that's what's happening with with Derek Carr and Keith Kirkwood. And we've seen it. He, He goes to him all the time. You know, it's not a mirage. And, you know, when they found, he found him in the back of the end zone for that touchdown, that was, you know, that's just that's just the the end product of something that's been building. And this is what Derek Carr had to say about Keith Kirkwood when he was asked today. Kirkwood was someone, you know, you know, we had three lifting groups and we would always lift at that 630 group. And at 6 a.m., I'd be like, you know, whoever wants to meet me there, you know, I'll be there at 6 a.m. to, you know, throw these new routes and these kind of things. And Keith was there every single time. And, uh, you know, after practice, I always run, run extra. Keith, as you guys see, he's always right there next to me, running extra with me. And if, if we don't see each other, we make sure that we check in. Did you do it? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think that it's his hard work and his determination. He's a, he's a veteran player. You know, he understands what it takes. Um, and I'm, I'm just really proud of him, um, you know, to be able to get, you know, a touchdown. And, you know, uh, I know it's a preseason game, but they still, they still all feel good. I'm going to tear up. That was beautiful, man. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's not a, it, it, like you think of like reasons for someone to make a roster, right? And having the starting quarterback squarely in your corner and saying all of these things about you doesn't hurt. Um, and, you know, it, like Keith Kirkwood, you know, he's he's got an interesting skill set for a receiver. He's big, he's strong, he can block. And everyone who wants to see Traquan Smith not make this roster, uh, you should be Keith Kirkwood fans because I think if anyone's going to take his spot at being that kind of glue guy, that guy who's willing to do whatever it takes and block and, and all this and be able to do it, it's Keith. So, uh, yeah, I think that 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 was a big moment for him. It was a big moment for – I mean, Derek Carr's first touchdown, I know it was preseason, but it was his first time throwing a touchdown in the Superdome, and it was to Keith Kirkwood. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that like he, he was an easy pick, even though he was technically my honorable mention. <laughs> No, that's great. Yeah, Keith's been a guy we've, you know, we've noticed that, like you said, confidence about him. And yeah, when we got to do that one-on-one interview with him that one day after training camp, 
you felt it. And it was kind of like that. Uh, you know, I don't want to put on that same Alante Taylor swag, but I was like, man, I, I, I was looking at everybody going, who is this guy talking? Because it didn't sound like the same player we've seen in the past. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, going to Carolina away for two years was a good thing because we talked about two, you know, you know, uh, after, you know, getting to chat with him at a, at a touchdown club meeting, uh, just how much things were different and how he appreciated New Orleans and the way the Saints way of doing things and couldn't wait to get back here and put the black and gold on again. He certainly looks like a guy, a guy right now determined to make the best out of every opportunity. And yes, and that's what you want, those hungry dogs on your team. Yeah, it was very clear to me that he wanted to be here. It wasn't just like, well, they're the team that would sign me. He, he wanted to come back, and and he did. And so it's cool to see him get that moment. But all right, anything else you want to hit on the upside before we go to the downside? Uh, I'm trying to think upside. Uh, to me, a guy like linebacker uh, Ryan Connolly got a big shout-out doing exactly. things on defense and also uh, special teams. I thought he was very active. And someone we've kind of talked about a little bit at practice, but – Man, it's it, you get so lost in the shuffle a lot of times. But yeah, when when the lights came on, definitely was encouraged to see more of that guy. Yeah, and there was turnovers today. Hugo Amadi came down with one. I do want to point out that Alante Taylor tipped that ball up in the air. So that's a check in his column. He struggled in the slot. And one interesting question in that battle was like, how much are you weighing slot corner duties <laughs> against outside corner duties? Because he's that touchdown uh, in the second quarter there uh, that uh, he and Marcus may, I think had a misconnection and uh, you miscommunication and, but he was in the slot and I don't know. I mean, he's, that's not the guy that you would typically say is the slot corner. So anyway, uh, that's, he, that's something, but I did think he made a really nice play on that ball, tipped it up in the air. It's the type of interception. The Saints just did not find last season. Right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm happy wherever they find them. Uh, so that's something. But all right, let's let's wrap up this segment. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the stock down players. There aren't that many of them. I thought, you know, even, you know, the second team guys, right? Like they struggled. But, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs here when you're talking about, you know, your first team offense and defense look spectacular. So who are we going to complain about? You know, so we're going to come back. We're going to talk about some guys that I did think struggled a little bit. But this is Inside Black and Gold. We're going to close this out with a mailbag. I'm excited. We're back in football season. So it's great. stuff. It's all great stuff, even though it's preseason. But all right. Keep it locked on Inside Black and Gold.